Lee Wehara is a photographer, journalist, host of House of Life Hacks, and EFT Tapping Like a Mother, and co-founder of a number of podcasting organizations. Today, we're going to be specifically chatting about Asian American Podcasters Association, which is a nonprofit strengthening and amplifying the voices and podcasts of Asian American and Pacific Islanders. In addition to the Facebook group, which invites AAPI creatives, producers, hosts, and editors to talk shop, share, and collaborate, Asian American Podcasters Association hosts an annual award show called Golden Crane Podcast Awards and the Asian Podcast Festival. After this episode, we recommend checking out AAP's curated playlist of podcasts by Asian creatives from all over the world. There are over 780 shows listed. Women of color are influential visionaries, moving the podcasting industry forward, impacting how we create and consume podcasts. But we often don't hear about their work, contributions, or rise to success. We believe it's about time these powerhouses are celebrated and acknowledged. So tune in every other week as we share the stories of women of color making big moves in front and behind the mic. Welcome, Lee. I am so excited and happy to have you here. So, Lee, you do incredible work in the Asian American Pacific Islander space where you have created a nurturing community for folks to feel seen, heard, amplified in a variety of different ways and formats. So what would you say are some of the challenges that Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders face when it comes to podcasting, either if they want to get into podcasting or even as a seasoned podcaster as well? I think that one of the biggest challenges has to be a cultural thing, which is to step forward and just speak up, even just say hello. (laughs) And, you know, I'm a big proponent of just say hello, people. And that's, I think, the biggest challenge as well as feeling that one can start a show at any level. Yeah. And, you know, over the years, I have seen at least an uptick in coverage of highlighting Asian American podcasters. So I think that has been really interesting and really needed. So have you seen any trends in terms of more Asian Americans being interested in podcasting as a medium? If so, why do you think? Absolutely. And it's because they feel that they can share their voices and they want to. And with folks coming in at different ages too, not just a younger age or older folks. So for example, there's this retirement show run by this older couple and they interview people who have retired in different cities. It's amazing. And so I think now is the time that people are feeling that they can share their voices and that they'll be heard and valued. 
Exactly. And for those who are interested, we actually do have an article on WC Podcasters' website that highlights some of the very, very many Asian American podcasters out there. So we'll make sure to link that. And I also think that, Lee, on your website, you also have some resources and some lists as well. So we'll make sure to include those in the show notes. So with that being said, we know the challenges. We mentioned the challenges. So what inspired you to create Asian American Podcast Association alongside your co-founder in 2019? So we noticed that there was a gap. I was up late at night and I was online as most of us are. And I did a quick search for Asian American and then podcast and podcasters. And I saw nothing and I saw that there was a gap. And so I created a Facebook page to start. And then I thought of other Asian American podcasters. I was like, well, who do I know? And I came up with one person, and that was Andrew Wong. And I said, hey, you want to be part of this? And he said, absolutely. And that's when it took off. Was it surprising to see the momentum of like the early days of building this community? What did that look like in terms of like excitement, reaction and need as well? Folks were very excited. I remember asking one person I knew who was going to a conference, I was like, hey, would you mind handing out some pin buttons and I can provide you with a t-shirt? And he got really excited and said, what? There's a t-shirt? I was like, sure, I'll order it today if you like. (laughs) And so when folks know that there's a group where they might fit in and feel belonging, then there's always excitement, I feel. I think that that's true with women of color podcasters as well. Exactly. Recently, I held a meetup at a conference and I was just so surprised to see how many folks were just interested. So I think when you start creating containers and spaces, safe spaces for folks, you'll realize how many more people are in that space than you originally thought. And, you know, that picture indicates that you need to have a conference. (laughs) I know, right? I know. We're we're working on it. Call in and tell her she should have a conference. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. So since 2019, have you seen an increase in spaces created specifically for Asian Americans in podcasting? If so, can you share a few of them? So after we got started, there were people who were in our group and then went off to form their own things. And those are a little more defunct now, because let's be honest, it takes energy and time and commitment to follow through. It's not as easy as it looks, is it? right? I mean, you can answer that too. And you asked me, are there other outfits? Well, because of, I feel, our group, we have again inspired other people to start their own things and that's fantastic. So I know that there's Asian Women in Podcasting that was started not too long ago. And when I think of others, I'll let you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we'll definitely be touching about the challenges that come with creating community. So we'll definitely expand more upon that. One of the things that I love about Asian American Podcast Association is that you've expanded and actually now host events, multiple events, annual events every year. So why do you think it's important to host an annual award show specifically for the AAPI community? 
Thank you for that question. Basically, AAP, we're one of the only nonprofits, well, at the state level, we're a nonprofit entity. And it was important to me that we do things that associations do. Associations have events. Some associations have resources and an awards program. Why not? And did I answer the question? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Not only the events part, but also the importance of amplification. So let's talk a little bit more about what has been the reaction of your community to being able to win an award. And I must say, the Golden Crane Award, the actual award, is beautiful. So let's talk about the recognition and what's been the reaction from the community. Well, when people receive it in the mail and they open it, they're so excited. <laughs> they're just because it's crystal, it weighs about three pounds and it's got gold lettering. It's pretty cool. And you say, how do people receive it? I think they receive it very well. Not only that, but an award, anytime a person wins an award, it gives them more confidence to go out and do that thing that they're doing, right? And that was the purpose. When you have an award show, it allows the people who enter, and this is a good thing to remind people of, which is enter any award show you can that fits and is in alignment with what you're doing. Because even if you don't win, the nominee status and or badge is means something, you know, and, and people say, oh, well, I have to pay to enter. Well, it costs money to put on award shows as many other things. And so when you do that, and even if you don't win, you can say nominee, right? Golden Crane nominee, just like the Oscars, right? Or what's the other one? Screen Actors Guild Award, a SAG Award, for example. And so we wanted to be able to empower people to have confidence in what they're doing and to be able to take that step forward when maybe they would have been more scared to do it before. And an award show is a great way to do that. Yes. And for those who are interested in potentially applying or being part of the award show, can you just share with us a quick rundown of typically speaking, what would folks be required to submit for an application? Absolutely. So you have to have a current show and your feed, you have to have an RSS feed. You have to be listed on Apple Podcasts. and It can't just be on Spotify because that closes off people right? You have to be accessible and you have to be an actual podcast and it has to be updated. It has to be current and relevant and you have to explain the story behind your show. And the one thing that's very important to the Golden Cranes is to not have it be a popularity contest because you may have great content and don't know anybody, but I may have poor content, but I know a lot of people. And so is that really fair? And we have a panel of judges, which changes each year. And so you really want to think about your content, your clarity. You want to make sure you have good audio. If there are two shows that are the same or similar, the one with the better audio is always going to win. And you want better audio anyway, but don't let me get started on that. But ultimately, whenever somebody submits something to something, you want to 
answer fully all the questions in the form, right? (laughs) So that's what I would say. Answer to the best of your ability. Excellent. No, that's very good advice and also interesting to hear the behind the scenes of like what you're actually looking for. So great advice for anyone thinking about the Golden Crane Awards. Now let's talk a little bit more about the community building aspect. And I feel like when you're a community builder, we know the struggles, we know the highs and lows that come with building a community because oftentimes our community members just see how great we're doing and they don't necessarily understand or have to understand, honestly, because we don't necessarily have to share with them the ups and downs, the difficulties, the challenges that are in front of our doorsteps. So what would you say are some of the lessons that you've learned from building engaged communities? Because even though today we're focusing specifically on Asian American Podcast Association, you run many other different types of podcast communities specifically. So what would you say are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned along the way? You need to have connection with people. You have to be authentic. And your goal needs to be community, not, oh, I want to build a group so I can sell something. (laughs) you know, because people can fish that out. And that's, I dare say, that's why a couple of other outfits that started after us kind of took a nosedive after a while. But the important thing about community building is know your why. Why are you doing it? And do you enjoy people? If you don't enjoy people, like sometimes we like the idea of something, but then the reality of producing that or creating it is like, oh, (laughs) wait a minute. And so I think the other takeaway too is you can always pivot. If something's not working in life anytime, just pivot, like accept and move on. Exactly. That's very, very great advice that you had shared there. Now let's talk about the challenges. So what are some of the challenges that you face with building communities in the podcasting space? Engagement and having people consistently be part of it. So it's kind of like a new TV show. Everybody's into it. Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. And then after season two, are you still with us? (laughs) And that I think is the challenge of any community, which is what is bringing people back? Why do they want to stay? And some days I ask myself that question, uh, what are we doing here? Is anybody listening? But the thing that we have to remember with anything is that we as people, forget about leaders or community builders, we as people cause ripple effects in others every day. And we'll never know the true extent of our influence on someone's life. And so in the moments where you're thinking, nobody's paying attention, nobody cares, why am I doing this? You have to remember that it's planting seeds. And that's the challenge. The challenge is to keep going, quite honestly, <laughs> right? Anybody want to take over AAP? I'm all for it. But so, and it's a, it's a nonprofit, so you can just hand it over. But, you know, the reality is it's hard work and that's the challenge. Nobody tells you that in the beginning. You think, oh, I have this fun idea. I'm going to get these people together. And you're like, oh, 
wait a minute, I have to update the website. I've got to reach out on social. I've got to post and I've got to create a reason for people to keep coming back. And that I think is the challenge. How do you keep going? Exactly. You're preaching to the choir here because that is engagement is a reality. And even when you have an engaged community, there may be times that you host an event and no one shows up for whatever reason. So are you going to be discouraged? Are you going to throw in the towel and say, I'm done with this? Or are you going to say, okay, maybe this wasn't the right time. We'll try again. That perseverance, I think, is really important. How, what would you say in terms of like, do you have a community of community organizers and leaders that you continuously communicate with and contact with to support you on your journey as a community organizer? What does that look like, your support team on the background? I pick up my phone and I text someone. <laughs> Like, have you had this happen? What do you do in this situation? <laughs> yeah, because yes. we don't always have all the answers, right? Like something happens and and you may need to get some advice or some clarity or just like vents. So I do think behind the scenes, having other folks who run communities as well is like really helpful and just helps you with those challenging moments. Is there anything that you would have done differently knowing what you know now, four years later, three years later, what would you say to yourself looking back now? You know, I don't think about that particular part of having started AAP because it just happened. And it wouldn't have been born any other way. But I will say this, there is power in having buy-in from a bunch of people before you launch something. I've never really launched something like that. <laughs> I've always done it the hard way. But the more people you know who are aligned with what you're doing and what they're doing, right? It's a two-way street always. Then I think it's easier to then create and put something forth. So that is something. If I had known more Asian American podcasters at the time, then I would have reached out to more maybe had a committee or something. But then, you know, now that I'm thinking out loud about that, the more people you put in the kitchen, the more problems with the soup, potentially. <laughs> so there's a balance, right? I would say, see how much support you can round up for your idea or your community. And the more, the merrier. I think a lot of people like to hold things tightly to their chest, right? And not show their card, so to say. But you have to show people the vision for them to buy into it and to support it. Exactly. Great, great advice. And I think there is something to be said about serendipity of just like building off momentum. But there's also something to be said also about being strategic and having like the support of other people as well not only at launching your community, but also at various parts of maintaining and growing your community as well. So Lee, one of the things that I admire you for, you are an action taker. You are beyond a go-getter. You have such innovative ideas. And I would love for folks to get the behind the scenes of like how you find the motivation to take action on your ideas and execute quickly with high quality as well. So share with us behind the scenes of like that mindset wise and also practicality wise. 
First of all, let me stop and say thank you. And to anyone listening, if you ever need a boost or pick me up, have Danielle just rattle off what she thinks of you. (laughs) Thank you so much. You know, here's the thing. When I get an idea, it's mostly, hey, wouldn't it be fun if... That's really my go-to action step switch is, hey, wouldn't it be fun to dot, dot, dot? And wouldn't it be fun to have a group of blah, blah, blah? Hey, Danielle, wouldn't it be fun to put on a conference if we dot, dot, dot? And so the thing is, you're never going to be perfect. Never. And even buying a website, you could say, okay, I'm going to do this one thing. I'm going to buy the URL. And then you misspell it. And then you have to go buy another one. So... Why not just take action? Just take action, you know, because I live a a life with the philosophy of no regrets. And what that means is, will I regret this if I do or don't do X? And, you know, when I get an idea, I just have to act. I don't know. I'm Hopefully some of the people listening to this are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, when you take action, you know what? It's kind of like a buzz. When you take action, doesn't it feel good? It's like that dopamine hit of, hey, I did something. (laughs) Maybe that's what it is. (laughs) And then if you're going to do something, do it as best as you can. I know that's not grammatically correct, but if you're going to do something, it only takes a couple more steps to do something well, right? As opposed to, you know, when you write yourself a post-it note, are you going to scribble on it and then you can't read it? Or are you going to take an extra 10 seconds and write it clearly? That's the difference. What do you think? Yes, I agree. I think that having a lot of ideas, especially as a creative person, it's wonderful, but sometimes it can be overwhelming. But I think you do a great job in terms of like compartmentalizing, knowing when to start something, when to put it in the back burner, And innovation, I think, is also like thinking about something like, especially when you have a community running for a while, I think what I admire a lot, Lee, about what you think of is, what could I do this year that provides an even better experience than last year? How can I improve? What's new? What's helpful? So asking those questions, it takes some time to answer them, but I think it offers a fresh perspective that keeps folks coming for more. Okay, so we're going to be wrapping up this episode and I'd love to ask two questions. So question number one is for those interested in joining Asian American Podcast Association, what's the best way to get involved and connect with that organization? Thank you. Just head on over to the website, aapodcasters.org. Thank you. Excellent. And also, how can we connect with you personally, Lee? Yes, that's a great question. I ask myself that very often because I'm always changing the name of my own show and things. But my Insta is at House of Lee NYC for now. <laughs> Excellent. And we'll be sure to include all the other links as well. Thank you. Can we go back to something you said a moment ago about when we do something and then we think about how to improve it? Anytime you do something, you want to do what's called a reflection or a debrief and take notes and say, oh, I'm not going to do that again. That's a bullet point to write down. 
right? And you can do that even with a simple task as just going to the grocery store. Oh, well, I'm going to bring my bags next time, right? (laughs) Kind of a thing. So it's important to always reflect to improve. And while you're in it, it's never too late to pivot when possible. Yeah. Another a lesson, Lee, that I've learned from you is the importance of showing up also. So do you want to share with folks like why showing up is like so important and why it's like one of those big things for you? Showing up, because that can mean various things, but I think showing up in this case means just physically being present. So if you click on that Zoom reservation, show up to that group, even if you're late, or you're unprepared. I used to tell my students, I was a teacher a while ago, hey, it doesn't matter if you didn't do your, I mean, yes, do your homework, but if you didn't, please still show up because you can, you know, life is mostly just showing up. If you show up, then there's magic that can unfold. And it's kind of like a that gift with the popcorn eating, like, don't you want to know what happens? Because here's the thing, if you show up and it's like a drag, then you can leave, <laughs> right? You can go home. You don't have to stay the whole time. So hopefully I answered the question. Yeah, that's excellent advice. And, you know, I think especially with things being more in person now, I think it's easy to be withdrawn and say, oh, I'm just going to only show up to like the virtual things. And why do I want to make a trip all the way there, even if it's not too far? So I keep thinking about how you say, you know, show up. You just never know. The folks that show up usually get the prize. And don't you want to be the prize winner? Yes. 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 Very important. Lee, we'll definitely have to have you back because we could talk about other things like Podthon and all the other things that you do. So I'd love to invite you back on the show. But before we head off, any last piece of advice for community members and also the listeners who identify as Asian American, what would you tell them as they're listening in today? Just do it whatever it is, just do it. And the thing is, when you speak up, whether to say no or yes, your stomach the first time will be in knots and you'll feel sick. But here's the thing. It's a muscle that you must develop. And the more you say yes and or no, the easier it becomes. And so with that, say yes to things, show up, and just do. Just take action. Even if it's imperfect, right? Just take the action for sure. Absolutely. You know how many websites I've purchased because I misspelled them? (laughs) Like, so check your spelling too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everyone. That is a wrap for this episode. 